0: The Proact Know-How. Hi, this is Proact Sam. Um, welcome to this live webinar. Uh, today we're looking at uh, the budgetary impact for expats living and working abroad. So um, we're, we're previewing uh, that budget and, and some of the things that already have been announced. So have a look at and follow our YouTube blog at proactpartnership.com uh, to, to follow up and and get a a clear understanding of how the impacts will will affect expats in the UK and and living and working abroad. We're also going on to uh, Twitter spaces as well. We're gonna comment in that, that can run all the way through the the, the, the budget afternoon. uh, So we can consider any facts there. If you've got an inquiry, you should contact us at, at um, and where we offer free reviews and online advice. We've got a retained client service where you can sign up and um, get online advice and guidance to answer your questions uh, about uh, expats living and working abroad. So I'm just opening up now the, the Twitter spaces. So I uh, want to say welcome to, the, to those people. Uh, follow us at Product Partnership um, on, on Twitter, uh, Product Sam Says, for insight information on living and working abroad. So it, it's a big budget time. It's a big decision for the UK. But it's a big decision for everybody at the moment. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. And we're in a world of turmoil. Um, You know, it should have been bleeding obvious uh, on what they were doing. Uh, As soon as they applied the the coronavirus uh, stimulus cash to the economy, you know, it was going to have an inflationary effect somewhere down the line. So there's lots of changes going on in the economy that that have impacted us uh, over that period, um, since the COVID period. And the world's got to come to terms with that. Um, So was COVID like a a depression area? Was it like a stock market crash event? Was it like a a bank collapsing event? We don't know. Uh, But it will have an impact on on our world, living and working abroad. And for that, we need to uh, look at and examine uh, exactly what the situation is uh, and how that's going to impact on us. So those issues are, 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 are all around us at the moment. Now, one thing that we do have is we have high, high inflation. So when interest rates go, go up and, and investors can get more money from their interest rates, stock markets will go down. Um, and, you know, and that's the way of balancing that, that out. It, higher interest rates has an effect on mortgages, so people are more inclined to cash in that mortgage and not maintain that, that, that process. Uh, so that can have a depreciating effect on, on property assets. Uh, once the markets presume that everything is going to recover and, and, and go well, then the stock markets will recover ahead of the game when people see business opportunities arising and profit that, that can be made. On capital and dividend investments. So that's the difficult world we're in of uh, a recessionary period. Uh, and it's what is the best way to fix that? Is it the same way that Britain has been doing since the banking collapses in, in 2008, 9, uh, and 10? Or, or should there be a different way forward for the world at the moment? And this is what the policymakers are trying to get a grasp on. We're living and working abroad, so that's a bit different. So let's have a look at some of the things that are looking at in the budget that impact expats. So there's two types of things for expats. There's expats living and working in the UK, and there's expats living and working abroad. So some of the things we're talking about are only relevant if you've got a tax footprint in the UK. So you could be non-resident in the UK and have no taxable income in the UK. Now, that depends upon whether it's fixed in the UK or it's outside the UK. This goes for any country at all. So certain types of uh, income and capital gains are fixed in a country uh, in a tax jurisdiction um, irrespective of where the individual that owns the right to that asset uh, is living and working. So some... uh, Items are always going to be taxed in that country. Um, So you could be an expat and still have a tax liability in the UK if you've got capital gains, if you've got uh, property uh, sales, if you've got property rental income. And that's some examples of fixed income that's arising in the UK. So as an alternative, that you've got things that move with you. So movable income is things like interest and is things like uh, dividends. So if you're a, a, a contractor operating your own personal service company or working uh, as a, a nomad uh, across border, um, y- you can take dividends from a UK business or overseas and, and, and then pay that in your local tax jurisdiction. That will be a way forward. So, you know, quite an interesting scenario about what you could do that. So, dividend taxes in the UK are going up, but that's irrelevant if you're an expat and you're tax resident abroad because that tax doesn't apply on that dividend source income. So, with a UK service company, but the the beneficial owner tax resident abroad, they can get taxed at the uh, tax rate. For those dividends wherever they're working abroad. Now that might be more than the UK rate or might be less than the UK rate. With a UK company, got a, a flat rate of corporation tax, which is still 19% pre the budget for small companies. It's only going up to 25% for bigger turnover companies. Um, so if it's still a flat rate of 19%, then if you're in the right country abroad, you could pay 0% tax on that dividends. Examples of 0% tax on dividends would be uh, Dubai, UAE, or or Cyprus. Um, Other countries would allow you to only pay tax on remitted income. So you could receive dividends from a UK company as an expat, but not pay tax, for example, in in Romania. So they're the options, are different considerations for different people. In another jurisdiction, you might pay a higher rate of tax. So, you know, this is the decision that you make when you're relocating overseas or investing offshore. And for more information and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. <clears throat> um, so, uh, uh, being a nomad, using a UK company um, is a cheap, flexible way as long as you've got your tax residence elsewhere. And the maximum rate of tax you're going to pay is your flat rate corporation tax in, in the UK. Unfortunately, personal allowances are, are, are at the moment being frozen in the UK and not being upgraded. But that was after a big change in the last year. So the personal allowance in the UK is 12570 That's set to be fixed for the next five years. Um, but if you've got no earned income above that level, you won't pay any tax on dividends, on uh, earnings uh, and you won't paying any national insurance either. So uh, again, with a personal service company, um, you before um, you could have a, a salary up to 12570 without paying tax uh, for the last year. So will that be kept if you keep that a flat rate figure so inflation will eat into that? But At least it's a way forward for us to have tax-free income even when we're living and working abroad. If you're property renting, property rental income is, is completely fixed in the UK, as is the capital gains of, of those personal assets. So unless you're buying the property through a, an investment company, your own uh, a company, you're gonna have a, a personal liability to capital gains tax at up to 28%, and income tax at your highest marginal rate on that rental income. Um, but again, if you're just, an expat renting out your home while you're overseas and your net income from that rental income is 12,570 or below, then you're not going to be paying any tax on that property rental income. So it could uh, property rental can still be tax efficient for an expat living and working abroad. For more information and guidance on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. But they've they've hammered uh, property taxes uh, for property owners in the UK over the last um, 10 years, and we're not expecting any changes at the moment. Capital gains tax is, is a great tax for expats. If you've got a capital gains tax that arises in the UK from uh, cryptocurrency uh, or share sales, investment sales, asset sales, and you're already tax resident, then you could pay no capital gains tax. So that's saving you up to 20% on, on a capital gains tax you have to get your um, ducks lined up on capital gains, not to make the mistake of, of making the plan wrong. So for an expat to plan that capital gain strategy, it's well worth a look at and contact us at privatepartnership.com to make sure that you don't get retrospective taxation uh, at 20% uh, on your capital gain. Uh, if it's a, you know, sale of a business for 1 million, that could be a very, very expensive mistake to make. So instead of living in Monaco or Cyprus in the sun, um, you've got to, to make up that to 20, 20% uh, lost tax to UK capital gains. And it's interesting that it, there's some other types of taxes in the UK where you can... Um, get tax relief for venture capital investments. Now, these are are great, but don't get sucked into the idea that the the tax relief for uh, venture capital tax plans is is offering you a tax rebate. It doesn't give you a tax rebate. It gives you a tax credit against what you've earned. So, if you've um, if you've earn 200,000, I'm using round figures here, you earn 200,000 in the UK um, and you paid 60,000 tax in the UK, then you could make a a 200,000 pound venture capital tax investment in a a new venture capital business and potentially get that 60,000 tax credit so you don't pay any tax into that. So it's very tax efficient. But if, if you're not paying that £60,000 tax in the UK, you will not get that tax credit at all. Okay. There is still a potential benefit that there's no capital gains tax assessed on the sale of those shares in five years. But obviously, you've got the risk aside for that. So for more information on timing and managing uh, uh, tax claims, uh, contact us at partnership.com. Project two, UK tax returns for expats living and working abroad, if they need to. This could be because you're just returning or just leaving the UK. Could be because you've got property rental or a capital gains tax liability. Whether that capital gains is from crypto or it's from uh, uh, investment sales or business sales, you know, it's a different situation and a a different circumstance. So uh, contact us at at productpartnership.com uh, for more information and guidance on that, uh, the other big story that that's going uh, the rounds at the moment on um, with the budget, it's well worth looking at is pensions. Um, now, the good news is for people that are pensioners in the UK, is that 10% um, indexation is going to be added to pensions at, at this from this April. So that's a big increase for an annual increase for pensions. Uh, uh, for for pensioners, so it could add you know 15 to 20 pounds a week onto uh, a, a state pension which is nearly 20 pounds a year so it's a big increase for um uh for for uh, uh for pensioners in the uk and uh, it's actually two thousand a year isn't it uh, so it, it's something to consider that, that the UK state pension it is worthwhile and it is something uh, to to consider um, that, that with the indexation increasing the state pension by over a thousand pounds a year um, you know it, it makes it even more of a, an attractive investment so if you're an expat living and working abroad you can top up and maintain your uk national insurance state pension benefits so you don't get any other benefit from it other than it's topping up your state pension so that as an expat if you're a newly expat you can register straight away and uh, uh, while you're working abroad for a few years pay class two at 160 a week uh, a year uh, and that will then give you an extra year's pension credit Uh, If you need to backdate as an expat, you can backdate uh, this year. And once you pay this year in March for 22, 23, you can go back another six years. So seven years worth of credit you can get. Um, Now, if you uh, you, you can't, if you're not being paying class two, you you can only pay class three, which is um, 15 pounds a week, um, uh, about 850 a year. Um, But the pension you will get from that, uh, you'll get that money back within three years. So within three years of retiring, you get that money back. So it's well worth, it's a a good investment, especially um, uh, later in your career. The the return on your investment is relatively good. When you look at low interest rates, when you look at um, other investments not being indexed, Linked when you look at other investment stocks going up and down, property prices under pressure because of it, inflation. Um, you know, a pension could be a good investment at the moment. So, and it's a good. It can also be a, a tax planning tool as well. So consider that uh, as a way of of reducing your liabilities and providing uh, funds for the future. For more information and guidance, contact us at ProjectPartnership.com there's a a once-off opportunity that's coming to an end. Now, that's been extended to July now. So up until July, you can pay an extra 10 years back years. So again, if somebody has been expat out of the UK for long term, at the moment, potentially, you could pay 17 years of of pension credit. And bear in mind, 35 years gives you that full state pension. So it's going to add uh, about... Um, £90 a week if you backdate all all those years. And that's £90 a week um, for, the re- for the rest of your life and it's index linked um, to add into your pension. So it's quite a good return on investment if an expat is considering relocating back to the UK or even if you just want to claim that state pension anyway, uh, it's still an entitlement as a British citizen. Uh, when you're living and working abroad, but you have to get to the 35 years to get the maximum state pension, and 10 years to get the minimum. So we'll see if anything changes on that uh, uh, for that flexibility going forward. Uh, I'm not surprised I've extended the the, the deadline um, by three months. It's a very shrewd plan because it is it's extra uh, tax revenue, even though it's national insurance and going into the pot. So if people are motivated to provide more for their patients and it puts more money in the the government's purse, then that's got to be good elsewhere in the system and taking some of the strains off that. So thanks a lot for listening to this webinar. This is our preview and and update on what's looking forward. I'm going to follow up this webinar, so subscribe now and look at the follow up uh, YouTubes that we do as they comment and, and update that going forward thanks a lot for listening we'll see you next time the proact know-how brought to you by proact